I don't want to have to see, you know, kids in 20, 30 years having these same uncomfortable, horrible conversations. And if I can contribute to breaking down again, another stigma, another difficulty of something that we talk about, I'm, it's something I'm passionate about. Hello and welcome to the Make an Impact podcast with me, Heidi Fisher. It's too complicated to measure our impact. We don't have the resources. Nobody cares. We can't afford it. Yes, you can. And yes, you must. And in the Make an Impact podcast, Heidi Fisher explores how organisations put impact at the heart of what they do and how you can too. Denise Brown is the Chief Executive and Founder of Four Young Minds, which empowers young people to take control of their own mental health, well-being and resilience. How does social media influence young people's mental health and what are its pros and cons? What positives have come out of Black Lives Matter? And how does her own experience of anxiety help Denise relate to the people she supports? Hi, Denise. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Could you tell me a little bit about Four Young Minds and why you set it up, please? Of course. Thanks for having me, Heidi. So um, for Young Minds, I started after working as a youth worker for the Princess Trust for a few years um, and seeing firsthand how much young people struggle with mental health. Um, It doesn't really matter what their background is. It was quite a common denominator, Um, obviously working with young people from like youth offending backgrounds, young people who dropped out of school. um, We found that many of them had issues with their mental health or struggling with their mental health and well-being. Um, And seeing so many young people fall through the gaps just made me really want to do something that was a bit more widespread, that spread awareness that it's okay to not be okay every day and break down some of those barriers that stop young people from actually seeking support when they are struggling. So we see that there's so many youth services, obviously working um, as a youth worker, there's so many services that support young people um, with skills, hobbies, and to support their well-being. But it's sometimes that they don't know about them or they're not accessing them. So it really wanted to be something that created a bridge to allow young people to firstly know that it's okay to need some support and then to show them that there is so much support out there. Wow, it sounds like um, a very, very needed service and particularly with um, the recent events with the um, coronavirus, I I should think you're very much in demand at the moment. Oh, young people are struggling just as much as us adults. I think they got overlooked at first when actually it's something that they would have never experienced before in any shape or form. I mean, none of us have. So I think it's really important to consider the fact that young people are also really struggling with their mental health in very similar ways to the way that we as adults would be as well. It's a complete change to our routines. Um, You know, we're we're social creatures. We're not able to see our loved ones as much. It's, yeah, it's a big challenge. So young people have been challenged very similarly in very, very similar ways. In terms of the activities and services and support you provide, what does that look like? Okay, so um, I've got quite a few streams of support. So I work directly with young people through workshops and one-to-one. So the workshops um, can be done as one-off, topic-based. So today I delivered one around anxiety in particular, because I know it's something that a lot of young people will be struggling with. Um, But then it's done as part of a course. So it can either do like one-off topic-based or as part of like a six-week progressive course that also includes the one-to-ones. I do the one-to-ones because I think it's really important to get to know the young person as well. Uh, I'm sure everyone knows there's loads of resources out there that talk about anxiety Um, But it's about figuring out how to actually apply it to your own problems and your own circumstances. That sometimes is the difficulty. So the workshops and the one-to-ones really focus on helping the young people with that. Um, Alongside that, I also do workshops with parents, workshops and webinars for parents to be able to support their young people, I mean, sorry, their children at home. Um, Of course, 
uh, at the moment with coronavirus and us all being quarantined at home, of course, lockdown has lifted a little bit now. So it's starting to shift a little bit, but that in itself is going to bring some challenges. So it's really about helping the transition um, out of lockdown, helping parents to support that if their children are going back to school um, and just supporting their, their children's well-being in general. So those workshops help the parents to support their children as well. And then another service is also working with teachers in schools. Um, I think mental health, particularly when I was working in schools, you see that uh, the environment they spend so much time in needs to also be a bit more understanding of mental health conditions and recognising the signs and symptoms and being able to intervene. Early intervention, I think, is key. So it's about making teachers feel more confident to support their classroom, you know, with their mental health and feeling more equipped with the tools and just being able to recognise when things could potentially be going wrong to be able to support from that end so that the parents are supported, the teacher supported and the young person is supported. It sounds like you've got all the bases covered there in terms Lots of... Lots of balls being juggled, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you fit this all in? <laughs> we make it work. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're very busy. Um, so um, you talked there about um, anxiety, um, well-being and um, educating young people so that they they um, recognise when they've got mental health issues. Mm. What does that look like then in terms of um, the difference that it makes? So once people have been through a one-to-ones or workshops with you, what kind of difference is it making to their lives? So anxiety in particular is one that I'm very confident with because it's something I've struggled with myself since I was 14 which was also part of the motivation to start for Young Minds because when I was growing up there wasn't really much conversations about it didn't really know what to do where I could go Um, so coming from that end being able to support knowing that some of the tips and tricks that I'm providing are also things that I've tried myself um, is quite useful um, for managing my own anxiety so that obviously helps the young people to think okay well let me try that it's something something that has you know been tried and and tested Um, but the, uh, the one-to-ones, are, like I said, are really about getting to know that young person and how they can apply those, those tools and techniques to their own life. So it's really about helping them to retrain their thinking, things like planning their worries, um, putting smart, smart targets and plans in place to create structure, all these little things that are practical steps to really help them to manage their anxiety. And we do it together. So it's about me sort of helping them to come up with things that they think they can apply for themselves. It's not just about me sort of throwing tips and tricks at them. It's about us really discussing things that they think they can practically apply and taking those baby steps together. So we'd have a one-to-one one week, maybe set some goals or targets this week, and then we'll review them next week before we move on to the next and just really helping them to take accountability and ownership of their own well-being. It's about making people more aware of things in, in some respects. Is Definitely. It? I think self-awareness is one of the the key things that's definitely helped with my own anxiety just recognizing that you know I'm only really panicking right now because I'm feeling anxious I can't think clearly because my anxiety has taken over it's not my fault it's not after I haven't done anything wrong I just need to take control again and obviously me being able to relate to that personally when I hear you know a young person saying all the things I know I say myself sometimes it's really easy to sort of help them step away and think about it from a place a practical place rather than a worried place it's really a lot of retraining the brain and yeah having done so much of it myself it's just really helpful to be able to sit with a young person and help them apply those same steps one of the things I always find interesting around mental health and well-being is is that it it's become very 
popular and, and almost like a trendy buzzword to talk about mental health and well-being the last two or three years. And I'd, I'm I'm curious to know whether do you think that actually there, there's now more people have mental health and well-being issues or is it that we just never talked about it previously? I think it's a really good question. I think um, it's definitely the latter. I don't think we talked about it previously. I think everything... Um, so if I even take myself back to being 14 and starting to struggle with anxiety, it was definitely something that I was, I wouldn't have been alone with, but because I didn't, we weren't talking about it. I felt like I was alone with it. So then it becomes a thing where it's like, well, what's wrong with me? And obviously very much later when I start to realize, okay, it's anxiety. This is the cause of it. This is how you can manage it. And you start to see it as a practical thing that you can manage as opposed to this thing that's just happened to you. It becomes a completely different thing. Um, I think it's really important to say here as well that there's a difference between mental health and mental illness. I think there's a very big mix up where people think that as soon as you say mental health, people automatically jump to saying things like anxiety, depression, when those are actually mental illnesses or mental difficulties. Um, So I don't think it's that there's more of it now. I think it's just that we're talking about it more. There's more resources out there and Mental health is only the way we think, the way we respond, the way we feel. That's all our mental health is, is who we are. It's everything going on upstairs. So it's not that it's just appeared. We've always, we've always had mental health. Everyone's always had a mental health. It's just that we are now talking more openly about mental illness. Mental health to me is, it's like a spectrum. You mm-hmm. can either be, you know, your mental health is more positive today or it, it's more more negative and, and you, you kind of move along that spectrum depending exactly. on, on what, what's going on. How much do you think things like um, social media influence young people's mental health? Oh, it's a massive one. <laughs> I had a feeling that question would come today. It's a massive one. I, I only just decided to ask it. I, I, was, I was thinking, do I ask this or not? And I thought, you know what? I think Denise knows the answer to this. <laughs> I'm not going to say I have the answer, but I have my opinions on it, definitely. <laughs> and there is loads of research um, out there that has got, obviously, pros and cons of social media it just depends um so I think the fact that you meant, mentioned the mental health spectrum is really important it's something that I think I always explain to young people as one of the first things when trying to explain what mental health is um, and I think social media is one of those things that I, I use to explain the spectrum quite easily because I'm sure everyone can relate to times where they've been perfectly fine they've opened their social media they scroll for a little while and then all of a sudden they're not feeling great but you're not really sure why. Nothing's happened. You haven't moved off the sofa. You're still in the same place. So what's changed your mood? And it's because of all these um, underlying messages that our timelines give us. So obviously at the moment, for example, we're all aware that there's a lot going on in the world, um, lots of racial tensions at the moment, and that is very heavily on the timeline. Just to interrupt there, I did see this. The first thing I saw when I I looked in Facebook this morning was... um, Someone was trying to trademark um, Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe to put it on um, T-shirts. Oh, God. And I was just like, uh, I don't want to read anymore. And I, it, and it, like you say, it literally, I just felt like my, my heart sunk, exactly. my mood went down. And I was just like, why would people even want, you know, why would people want to do that? So I, I get that perspective completely that, you know, you can read something and you just, like your mood just goes completely 100%. especially if you're someone who's an empath like I'm I'm a huge empath like I take on other people's feelings other people's traumas like I you feel it personally so 
like everything's happening in the moment at the moment this black lives matter movement obviously it has resonated with loads of us here in the uk as well we've seen it happening all over the capital and and beyond but that in itself there's so much of that on the timeline at the moment so i can wake up in a great mood like ready to have a really productive day open instagram and all of a sudden i've seen um i don't know uh an an anti-racist sorry an anti-protester you know, shouting abuse. And that is, you're like, how, it just makes you think, how can people still think like that? And then you go down this spiral of remembering all the negative stuff that's happening in the world. When actually there's still loads of positives happening at the moment, loads of positive change that is coming about as a result of the Black Lives Matter movement. But unfortunately, we are going to still see the negatives of it. So this is why I say there are great positives of social media. All this stuff that's happening has been a result of people sharing, people talking, people protesting, and it getting around we haven't left the house but everyone is so clued up on what's going on in the world and that is due to social media and that's amazing but of course there is the negative side of things where you know like you said you can be in a fine mood and all of a sudden you see something that impacts you in one shape or form and now it's affected your mood so it's yeah it's a it's a difficult question to answer I think there are pros and cons but I definitely think um social media and that's just one example we could take the rest of the podcast of me talking on different ways it could affect your mental health but that's just one example of something that's happening at the moment that I know can definitely impact someone's mood yeah so um in terms of the the future what are your your plans for the future in for four young minds um I've got quite a few ideas actually uh it's been a really interesting and pivotal time uh being at home and realizing that so a lot of my work before was face-to-face work I thrive off being in the room with people being able to go over to tables and have a little bit of a chat I miss that I do but finding new ways to connect with people and now obviously realizing that you can actually connect with way more people um, in a shorter amount of time you can put something up and suddenly have 50 people interested in joining you that evening when actually you could never do that before so um there's a few things I'm interested in doing, a lot more with parents. I'm not sure how, I feel like my brain's bouncing around with all different ideas. Let's, let's lay it out slowly. <laughs> so the first thing that has come about um, as a result of everything happening at the moment with the Black Lives Matter movement is um, I joined a webinar held by Accenture, huge webinar. I think it had about 15,000 people in it. And just watching the conversations down the side, you can see there's loads of parents who... Um, are either just complete, you know, anti-racist and want to be able to educate their children. There were obviously people who want to be allies in terms of um, maybe their own children. Maybe they might be, for example, there was a question about, um, there was a question about, she said she was a white mother and she's obviously got two mixed race children and it's very important for her to educate them. And as I was watching that, I thought to myself, that could really be something that I'm also really passionate about and helping parents to also help their children. I put out a video the other day saying that, you know, yes, of course, for young minds have started to work with young people to help them support their mental health, but we can't ignore the fact that racial tensions, whether it affects you personally or you're an ally, it affects your emotional, you know, your emotional well-being. So it's something that is you know, I always work with young people around all the different barriers and things that can affect your mental health. And this is one of them. So I'm going to do some workshops with parents, just basically providing some education and how they can have those conversations with their children. And then also providing similar workshops for young people around racial awareness and, you know, being allies and anti-racist. So I think that could also be really something that's positive for the next generation. You know, I don't want to have 
I don't want to have to see, you know, kids in 20, 30 years having these same uncomfortable, horrible conversations. And if I can contribute to breaking down again, another stigma, another difficulty of something that we talk about, I'm, it's something I'm passionate about. So that's number one. Um, and then, yeah, just loads more workshops coming around mental health programs around mental health that I have been doing six week courses, more one-to-ones, just more of the same. But in terms of really new developments, I'd say those new programs will be coming soon. It sounds um, like you are going to be very, very busy. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot, a lot to be done around um, mental health and racial inequality. Yeah. There's huge work to be done. And now I've said it here, that holds me accountable. <laughs> I love to do it to myself. I'm definitely going to We do just that. need to say, you know, let's set a target. Let's get some numbers. <laughs> and, and then you'll be super accountable. That's what I would do with my um, mentees. I'm like, okay, that's great. Let's let's put some numbers to put it now. In, yeah, put some dates in, actually put some plans in. That's yeah. it. The thing that comes across is that you're you're very grounded in your approach to it from, from your own experience. Um, with anxiety so um, whatever comes out of this I'm sure it's going to be very very beneficial for for the young people that and the parents that you're working okay. with just the last thing that um, I wanted to do was just ask you if you've got a website or any social media links that you want to share so people can find out more about Four Young Minds yes definitely so it is www.so4youngminds.com the, all the socials are for Young Minds, again, with the number four at the front, other than the Instagram, which is for Young Minds with an underscore at the end, just because the name was taken. There's always one. There's always one that you can't get, the, the, the one that you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners today? Um, just that, yeah, go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. That's how I communicate with everyone um, around new projects and things coming. Um, I always like to hear as well from people. All of my projects and workshops are very much people focused. So I always like to base my stuff around what people want support on um, rather than just sort of picking a bunch of stuff together. I like it to really reflect the needs of the people I work with. So, um, yeah, please do get in touch. I love to hear from people in terms of the things that are struggling. If you're a parent um, and you've got particular struggles around yeah, your child's well-being, again, please get in touch. I'd love to support. Um, And yeah, just stay in touch for new programmes and follow on Instagram. That's definitely where I'm the most active. Okay, brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today, Denise. It's been lovely talking to you. It's been great, Heidi. Thank you for having me. Before you go, a quick announcement. Heidi's second book, Impact First, The Social Entrepreneur's Guide to Measuring, Managing and Growing Your Impact will be published soon. And you can pre-order a limited edition hardback version of the book through Heidi's website. The book gives you the know-how to measure, manage and communicate your impact so that you can grow your social enterprise. Go to makeanimpactcic.co.uk forward slash my dash book dash impact dash first to find details.